Welcome to a muzzled chat. It's Wednesday, everyone. You should know what that means. I'm back. Arthur's back. <laughs> and I'm I'm excited for today. I say I I'm, I think I'm pretty much kicking off every episode like that. I need to come up with more more phrases and broaden my vocabulary. Keep things more interesting. But it it was cool. I really liked how you came in today with some some life situations and stories in mind and you're like James it'd be great to dive into some of the the situations to give some hope some light some tools for people that just find themselves stuck yes with no way out and that I'm sorry for lack of better words I'm excited right we need more of that I need more of that and it's something we could continually circle back on to organize our toolbox so we can use that more effectively well welcome again it's good to be here you want to kick us off with a prayer i do cool father we just come before you and we thank you for the wonderful privilege the great honor to come before the monarch of the universe thank you for that i pray that you would be with the listener that you would be with james today and that you would be with me as we open up your word and see how you are the god of the breakthrough in jesus name amen amen so I'd like to say this before we really get started in this. Um, Someone who had watched the podcast, um, I don't know if it was the last one or one prior to that, Mm -hmm. where I was talking about my uh, childhood when I was five years old. I think that was the last one. And um, how I had believed the lie that I was responsible for my parents' divorce at five years old, and that shaped my view of myself, that I'm bad, that uh, Mm -hmm. shaped my view of my world and how I had to interact in my world to be accepted. I had to be a good person, a good child. I had to, you know. Well, I've shared that in a group, uh, in a small group uh, at Celebrate Recovery, several times and he's heard it several times but he said this time when he heard it it spoke to him and his mind went back to his childhood and the lie that he had believed that had shaped his life and his perception of his world and so uh whenever i come here on a wednesday many times you will hear me saying the same thing over and over again (laughs) So you can thank God that you've got somebody that'll keep coming here and saying the same thing to you over and over till you get it. Till you get it. Because this Bible is the Word of God. What He has said is sure and true, and you can take it and believe it and walk in it and let it guide your life, and you'll be better for it. That's so interesting. That you even bring that up because it's like I've been in that same situation. I can relate to your friend. Um, and 
because it, it, it's it may be something like I'm going through or whatnot, but there's something is is you keep putting in the work, yeah. right? It's just like anything you're trying to even build a skill. Eventually, you get it down. You know, just another testimony. Yeah. Um, I have a friend that I had suggested to him that he go and have a sozo. Mm. Now, many of you out there don't know what a sozo is. Sozo is the Greek word for healing. And uh, there's different kinds of healing. There's spiritual healing, which is when our spirit that is alienated from God is reconciled to God and you become a child of God. That is spiritual healing. The greatest healing and the greatest miracle that that uh, humanity could humanity could ever experience. Mm. There's soul healing, where our souls are healed from hurts and wounds that we've gone through in life, strongholds that we've believed are true but they're not. They're mm. lie. They're a lie. The, when that that is corrected, that's a soul healing. And then there's physical healing, and that word sozo covers the whole gamut. Wow. Um, and so uh, in, in, the, in this sozo, he went, and uh, uh, he, he's a, a wonderful man, a good brother in Christ, uh, but uh, very uh, timid when he's in front of people speaking. Hmm. But after that sozo, the first night he got up to speak, I could see the difference in him. He knew the difference. He feels more confident, more secure, wow. more calm, more peaceful after going through that sozo. Well, I'm excited for because because I heard quite a bit about it, and and that to me was something new, yeah. um, just mere months back. But um, as I've heard other people, their testimonials, and it's something that you necessarily just don't do. You you may not just do once that you'll continually come in just like 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 many things right and i just felt like it was a right move because i want to cover all the bases with the things i'm facing even in my life yeah and i want to cover all the bases and yeah pre-kicking this off you mentioned how it essentially was wise to get what, what how did you put it more views in, in the multitude of counselors there is wisdom in the multitude of counselors there is wisdom right because one may not they have the right intent they have every everything and, and it's a good uh recommendation but it's not going to have maybe as positive as the impact as the other so as you gather more it's you're going to lead yourself to some healing or what you're seeking so i'm so, excited i got a sozo scheduled and i'm going to be experiencing that firsthand and uh you're going to love it you know why because god loves you and he wants to speak to you life and truth and there's power in what he says to you right and he desires to do that multiplied times more than anyone really can begin to believe or understand how they desire to speak to God. God desires to speak to them multiplied times more. Well, I'm just a I'm a I'm a big believer in prayer and when you have like a multitude like so a lot of these men's groups I've been to and had 
like prayer over me and things like 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 miracles had taken place and shifts had happened and I mean even even internally kind of like you, your buddy you were stating once again like it wasn't the the public speaking type of atmosphere but just just the peace within myself the mm-hmm. hope the light the energy there was just a shift yep. nothing crazy miraculous like people would say like like you know the blind the, the sight was restored for the blind you know or anything like that but but not a miracle nonetheless the change in will right was nothing less than miraculous he noticed it he taught for the first time at our last meeting that's cool and everyone noticed it the change in him hmm. so If you've ever been or if you are in a place in your life where you seem to be hemmed in on the right, you can't go right. On the left hand, you can't go left. Behind you, you can't back up. Hmm. And there's no way out forward. What do you do? (laughs) Scream. (laughs) (laughs) Well... See, I was in a place like that. Let me read this passage to you. If you want to look it up, it's in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11. So David and his troops went up to Baal-perazim. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And defeated the Philistines there. Now, he was in a tight place. He'd just been made king. The Philistines are coming to defeat him and take over his nation, Israel, and they're a greater army than he is. Hmm. And he asked God, should we go up? God said, go. So he went and and uh, went up to a place they named, after they defeated the Philistine, they named it Baal or Baal Perazim. Hmm. And what that means is Baal means master or the god of, the master of or the god of. And Perizim means breaking out or bursting out, Hmm. uh, breakthrough. See, um, the children of Israel were being delivered from Egypt. God had led them down through a valley where there was mountains on the right hand and mountains on the left hand, and they'd come to the Red Sea, and they couldn't go forward. Then here comes the enemy, (laughs) Pharaoh, and all of his armies coming up behind them through this valley. They're hemmed in. They can't go anywhere. But thank God for Baal Perazim, because the God of the breakthrough or the God of the bursting out broke through the Red Sea and made a way through the Red Sea. After they went through, well, the Red Sea closed in on their enemies. Never had to worry about that enemy again. See, once you've been through something like that, then you know how to help other people come out of that. See, I was lost in a swamp one night. Walked in there about dusk. Thought I had time to go in and walk right back out. No problem. You know, be easy. Good day. I wanted to see what was in there. 
Mm -hmm. Maybe my dog would chase up a coon, you know. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I got in there, walked in what I thought was about halfway, turned around and walked out. But when I came out, I came out and I did not recognize anything. Hmm. Nothing could tell me where I was at. But it was it was getting so dusk now, I didn't want to turn around and try to go back through that swamp. So I just kept walking along that edge until I realized where I was at. That's when I realized, see, I had walked in on the south side, and I had come out on the north side. Hmm. Well, my point about telling you that is there's somewhere in the middle of that swamp where when I began walking out of that issue, and I don't know where it was, and nothing changed, everything looked the same, but instead of walking into my issue, I had began walking out of my issue, even though nothing changed. Mm. And when I walked out of there, things began to come clear. I remembered a, a, if I kept walking on that north side, I would come to a crossing, and then I'd cross back over, and I would be safe again. Well, I was telling a man who was much more experienced than I was, and he gave me a simple truth that I will never be lost in another creek swamp again. <laughs> nor will anybody that I share this mm. secret with. You see, once you've been through a thing, you know how to help others through that thing or out of that thing. And it was so simple that in a creek swamp, all the water always flows one way. Mm. Even when it's dry, uh, that while there's no water there, all the debris that was in that water is mm. piled up on one side of the trees. So if you're walking in, and you're walking in with all that debris to your left, when you want to come out, just turn around and it should be on your right side and you'll know you're walking back out the same way. Mm. So simple. Never been lost in another creek <clears throat> swamp. Yeah, what a subtle uh, observation to have. Yep. Like right out the gate and now you could just let down your guard, do some circles yep. in the thick of it and not necessarily be concerned. Because it is interesting when I'm out in the wild, I like to have a general sense of like like my bearing, right? Because yes. a lot of time you don't have cellular, so you just have a have to have a good, just general feeling like northeast southwest, and there you're going, so you can make your way back. Because it it does get gnarly, especially when you're putting in a bunch of miles. But um, that that's pretty cool. So I'm excited to see you uh, apply this okay, to so, other arenas. <laughs> so one day I'm pulling out of a post office and there's a uh, uh, large truck here and I'm trying to inch out to see if the traffic was coming and he's up there and he's looking in his rearview mirror and he's flagging me on, you know, come on. Yeah, it's okay. Well, I pull out and whack. I get hit by a car. The people were, one person was, was not injured too bad, but his wife, her head had hit the windshield, and it was bloody, and it, it mm. was just terrible. And uh, uh, luckily, she was the only one that got injured in the accident, but still, 
um, they sued me for a million dollars. Wow. Well, I didn't have a million dollars. I don't have a million dollars today. And it would take me my lifetime to pay that off. And um, so, you know, the insurance company, you know, they're talking with me and they said, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. And I still got a million dollars looming over my head, you know. And I keep getting all these letters from their lawyer and and uh, the insurance company telling me how this is progressing. And finally, it's coming down to the judgment, you know. And and I just feel that there is no way out of this. Mm. And I am, before the Lord, I'm walking the floor back and forth, not begging not pleading, not complaining about the situation or what life had dealt me. I was thanking God. I was praising God for this situation. No, <laughs> but because he was worthy of honor and glory and praise. And I was doing everything I could do to give him that honor and that glory and that praise and and uh, let him know that none of this mattered, um, that uh, his love for me and his salvation for me was enough. I don't, I don't remember everything I was thanking him for and praising him for, but I'm in the heart of that time and that moment with God, and the phone rang. And I picked up the phone, and it was my lawyer, the insurance guy, that everything was taken care of. Wow. So, see that whenever we start moaning and groaning and complaining about our situation, I don't want to say that God won't hear that prayer. I won't, I won't say that. But when my children come to me complaining and belly aching about their situation, Many times I'll just keep right on doing what I'm doing. Hmm. I won't hear that. But if they'll come to me lovingly and, you know, I'll hear that. I'm more apt to hear that than I am their complaining. Because I'm a good father, see. And I, I've, I've given them good things. And for you to be complaining about this little thing whenever I've done so much for you, you know, you can come and ask me about that. You can come and talk to me about that. But don't come to me bellyaching and grumbling and complaining because everything's not going your way. You're not getting your ice cream right when you want it. Mm -hmm. You know, come on. Thank me for that meal that I just gave you. I'll, I'll listen to that pretty good, you see. Mm -hmm. So anyway, praise is a way of opening the door to God. It really is. It really is. I mean that's that's even that what that what that that text I was trying to uh pull up earlier. I mean a lot of this like just thankfulness, gratitude, praise. It's just living in the fruit of the spirit like his being his energy and 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 one of these states 
that is the place miracles take you know you know happen so see another another way to come to god is with faith believing what has he said you know how many times have you been going somewhere maybe on a trip and your children are saying are we there yet are we there yet mm-hmm. are we there yet we're going just sit back and relax enjoy the scenery we're going to be staying at a nice place tonight enjoy that we'll we'll have a pool or whatever you know and you can have a have fun there you know enjoy the journey and part of the journey is having faith in what God has said and done. Well, how do I know what God has said and done? Well, Mm. that's where this Bible comes in handy because what he has said is what you can believe, and what he has done in the past for others, he'll do for you because God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for another one. If that other one will meet him on the same ground that that other person did, you know, if you'll meet God on the same ground that people in Bible days did, he'll do for you today what he did for them in Bible days. No difference. He's the same God. He's never changed. Hmm. Oh, we, 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 we like to say that, well, you know, I say we, or, or some, some uh, preachers will say, well, God doesn't do miracles anymore. He did them back then, but he don't do them today. Well, do you think the people back then needed a miracle greater than the people today do? Do you think the people back in Bible days were any better than people today? You can read the Bible and read all the warts on them and tell that they're not any better people than we are. But when they met God on His terms, on the line of faith, believing what He said, then He did what he said he would do. Hmm. What do you need God to do for you today that he has promised to do for you in the scriptures? Well, Arthur, I I don't know what the scriptures say. Well, I'd get in them and find out. (laughs) Right. Man, I like that. Not only with uh, the scriptures and with Jesus, like providing a way when there wasn't any downright to our like singular even issues like life struggles like like you kind of open this with with getting away out of the situation when there literally isn't any you remember i don't know it, there's a story in the bible where uh jesus is ministering to some people and uh, at the time he was ministering to some jewish people and there was a, a gentile lady come by and uh, she's asking him uh, to heal her daughter. And, uh, and he says to her, my paraphrase, it's not proper to give the children's bread to dogs. Well, you know, many people would have turned around and walked away mumbling and groaning and complaining, you know, that he called me a dog. Mm-mm. But you see, she had faith that Jesus could do what he said he could do. Mm. And she said, yes, Lord. See, now she's humbling herself. 
See, the scripture says, if, if we humble ourselves, the Lord will exalt us. And she humbles herself and says, yes, Lord, that's true. But even the children, even the dogs, eat the crumbs from the children's table. He said, for that saying, go, your daughter as well. Mm. See, so can we humble ourselves before God? See, that's another clue. Another mm. to humble, to come to him in faith and humble ourselves. See, that's what the three Hebrew children were going through when the king was commanding them to bow down and worship that idol, that statue of him when the music played and they wouldn't do it. And so it's reported to the king, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're not bowing down when the music plays. So the king says, heat the furnace up seven times hotter than ever. Mm. And if they won't bow down this next time, throw them in the fire. <laughs> and uh, he told them, he said, uh, if you don't bow down this time, I'm going to throw you in the fiery pit. And they said, oh, king. Our God is able to deliver us out of the fire. But even if he doesn't, see, now they're humbling themselves before God. Even if he doesn't, we will not bow down to that idol and worship it. And so, king opened up, had, had his servants open up the furnace and throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. Hmm. It was so hot, it killed the men that opened the door to throw them in. Hmm. And the Lord was with them in the midst of the fire. God may be with you in the midst of the fire instead of delivering you out of the fire. But I tell you what, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of that fire with not even the smell of smoke on them, their lives were changed. They went from believing that there was a God to knowing that there was a God and that he was in their corner. Can you believe that God is in your corner? Mm. Does God care about you? Interesting that Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, speaking on the Lord's behalf in chapter 30, verse 18, says, The Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. You know, I, I don't know of any other religion out there, and even some Christian churches, none of them declare that the God or the gods that they serve, even some Christian religion, doesn't, declare that the God or the gods that they serve loves them. Their God is angry with them. Hmm. See, even in some Christian religion, you can't go to God. you got to go to somebody else who already knows God and talk to them to get God to hear you because he's angry with you, you see. Hmm. And even in ancestral worship in, in uh, uh, other countries... They have to constantly offer offerings because the God or the gods that they serve want to hurt them. And if they don't offer these offerings, drink offerings and food offerings and things like that, hmm. 
things go bad. If you hire a witch doctor, offer an offering, you know, everything will work out. See, mm-hmm. the God or the gods that they serve don't purport that they love you, and also mm-hmm. none of them declare that the message that they're speaking, trying to get people to believe that their God will confirm it with signs following. Only Christianity does that. Right. Only Christianity says these signs will follow them that believe. Are you a believer today? Are these kind of signs following you? Another, another. Go ahead. Oh, I was just that. That's just sad. I can't. I can't even imagine believing in a God figure that wasn't like the the being wasn't just love, right? And and pursuing all of you and on individual personal levels, yep. like. Well, that's the God we've come to know, mm-hmm. but. See, my wife grew up in a Christian religion that taught her that God was angry with her hmm. and that uh, for her to, to be uh, accepted by God, she had to do all these good things. She had to go to church all the, you know, at a certain times. She had to do certain things. She had, she'd have to go and... and uh, uh, right. Anyway, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to point out any one religion, but... But God was angry with her. And she is still overcoming that mentality today. It's it's tough. Yeah, we... To essentially achieve that, the purest state we can in this existence, it's, it's a challenge. But it, we should all be excited to seek that. There's nothing more worthy of our time. Yep. You know, I would say uh, to somebody who, who's, who's not seeing these, these kind of things throughout their life, seeing God move on your behalf and on the behalf of others through you, uh, take a look at what you're believing. Take a look at, you know, what, the, what do the scriptures say? What do you believe about them? Is God really doing miracles for you today? I'd like to share a story with you about a man who was homeless. And um, seemingly nobody cared about him. And I don't know that he cared very much about himself. And uh, me and my co-worker... We're at the end of our day, and uh, we're heading back to the show up to unload our truck and go home. And uh, I pull over at a grocery store, and I go in, and I buy a loaf of bread and a half a gallon of milk uh, for my children when I get home. And um, I had more groceries than that in the house, but I just needed some bread and some milk. All right. <laughs> I didn't feed them milk and bread. Please. But anyway. <laughs> it's a nice diet. No. And... Uh, and so we're sitting there in the truck, and we're doing a line or two with each other. You know, um, uh, we kept our New Testaments with us, and we like to do a line out of the New Testament. You know, the, uh, 
in, in the uh, Gospels, you know, you got got uh, the red letter edition, you know, to do a line out of that red red edition. That was good stuff, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we'd do a line or two before we moved on. And uh, and I see somebody walking down my side of the truck, and I roll my window down because it was cold outside, you know. And uh, I said, hey, I got good news for you. And that guy said, what's that? I said, God loves you. He said, ah, I've heard that. Kept on walking. And uh, John, there's somebody come walking by his side of the truck. He rolls his window down and he says, hey, I got good news for you. The guy says, what's that? God loves you. Ah, I've heard that. Kept on walking. But there was a guy digging in a dumpster. No kidding. And he comes out of that dumpster, comes over to John's side of the truck, taps on the window. John rolls it down, and he says, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. John invited this man into the cab of our truck. Now, John is the young Christian, and I'm the older, mature Christian, you know. Mm -hmm. I should have more on the ball than John. He invites this guy that I consider a bum into the cab of our truck. And he stunk, oh my good gracious, alive. He stunk so bad. And John opens up his New Testament and does a line with him. Well, you know, I'm pretty smart, you know, so I got my New Testament. I open it up and I share a line with him. And this guy says, can I see that? And of course... I didn't offer him my New Testament, but John offered him his. <laughs> Let's see. God's teaching me something while we're going mm -hmm. through this, you see. Mm -hmm. And because uh, I feel like this guy's a waste of my time. See? Oh, I'm so smart. We're all. I'm so brilliant, you know. <sighs> and, uh, and so uh, the guy takes that New Testament. He flips over here and reads us one. Then he flips over there and reads us another one. Then he flips over here and he reads another one. Mm. He knew this Bible better than we did. So um, John wants to take him to church with us that night. This is a Friday Friday afternoon. And so I take him back to and drop him off at my van, go put the truck away, come back out. John has fed this man half my loaf of bread. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I Good was, job. I was thankful that he hadn't opened up my half a gallon of milk. <laughs> half old thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I felt about that loaf of bread. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, anyway, don't don't feel too bad at me. It gets better. I got smarter. So on the way, because uh, John's house was just past our church, and on the way, way, way to his house, uh, he says, Arthur, I'd like to um, buy this guy a, a room for the night. Do you want to go in half? Hmm. I said, no, no, thank you. And uh, so there's a motel right there close to his house. He wanted me to pull over. I pulled over. Uh, he went in and got... Uh, carry a, a room and uh, then I took him on home and uh, 
that night at church, uh, John and Carrie come to church, and uh, Carrie had washed his clothes and shaved and everything there in the motel room, and he looked much nicer and uh, was smelled a whole lot better, and uh, wa- you know he washed his clothes so they were nice and clean, and and um, he knew our pastor, hmm. and um, I worked worked the parking lot, uh, parking cars for people, showing them where to park, and uh, then doing security at night, walking the parking lot, and. Several times, Carrie would come out. He'd say, I can't stay in there. I can't stay in there. Pray for me. And I'd pray for him, and he'd go back in. And um, so um, John buys him another night at the motel room, spends all day Saturday with him, um, and then buys him a Saturday night. So he bought him a room Friday night and Saturday night, and then picked him up Sunday took him back out to where we uh, found him and dropped him off at a halfway house. Well, see, John didn't just say, I love you. John showed that man love through his actions. And I'm learning something through the process and that what I was learning was that um, no one is outside the reach of God. No one... uh, is unloved by God. Hmm. So, um, some time had gone by, and uh, one morning in my prayer time, because I'm a good good Christian, you know, I pray, you know, and I just said, God, how's Carrie doing? Well, don't you know, just a few days later, I'm sitting in a restaurant that I, where I eat breakfast before I go to work, and had been eating breakfast in there for months, and uh, I see this emergency medical technician van pull up outside and i'm eating my breakfast and and i see a guy in a nice uniform get out and come in and he's talking to the waitress over there which i didn't know on on the restaurant but uh, just out of the corner of my eye i see this guy uh, talking to her and then he comes over to my table and uh, he holds his hand out to shake my hand well i don't know this guy from adam and i look up at it you know and I don't know this guy. And he smiled. When he smiled, it was Carrie. And I don't remember the conversation. I was kind of stunned. But as I was leaving, I asked the waitress there, I said, how do you know Carrie? She said, oh, that's my dad. Oh, wow. I'd been eating at this restaurant all these months. I never really talked to the waitress. But that was her dad. Hmm. I tell you, we're connected in in a lot of ways. Hmm. Well, I was telling John about this, and he said, oh, Carrie had no problem getting that job with all the degrees that he has. See, Carrie had been a professor at one of the colleges in New York City. He had also been a pastor at one of the churches in New York City. And here he is down on his luck. And those three words, God loves you, impacted his life. Hmm. Well, some time went by and I was just, I launched out that prayer to the Lord again. I said, Lord, how's Carrie doing? It may have been that very Sunday after I prayed that prayer, Carrie showed up in the parking lot and 
I show him where to park the car. Of course, I got other cars coming, so I kept on going. And uh, as I'm coming back up to another road to start showing people how to, where to park, um, here he comes walking by with this beautiful woman on his arm. They're engaged to be married. Mm. And she's the manager of a radio station out at Montauk Point. What a change in that man's life because of three words, God loves you. And I want you to know that today, that God loves you. He wants you. He has need of you. Do you want him? Do you have need of God in your life? He's waiting for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. Carrie needed a breakthrough. And the master of breakthrough broke into Carrie's life. Wow. Do you need a breakthrough in your life? The God of the breakthrough, he's just waiting for you to call on him. He's calling on you. Can you hear him? tugging on the strings of your heart. Mm. Arthur, I'm biting my tongue. <laughs> the words you're saying are profound. It's... I don't want to distract from that. With that lovely story. Yeah, it's all love. I really, I really feel it's just our own flawed you know hurt that we've experienced for some reason that we keep it him we keep that door closed to our own detriment and it's just why and, and it's not even a comparison it's like because i've done it i think pretty much everyone does it to a degree sure and well you know <clears throat> see god Use that situation to yeah. speak to me. I got breakthrough from that experience. Right. Realizing that no one is outside the reach of God. See, I thought that was a hopeless case. Waste of time. Gosh, dang. Now, when I see a homeless person, and, and they do, they come to our church. Oh, I love them. I know because there's the potential of a Jesus person there. Man. Oh, I want, I, want, I want them to know that I care about them and that God loves them. And, um, and we show them that love. We don't just say it. Yep. Wow. That's, that's profound, Arthur. I think um, to have our listeners really sit on that, contemplate that, I'd say even rewind that the last five, ten minutes a few times if you felt that tug especially just sit in that for a while maybe we'll uh, say a short prayer now okay and uh, if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast say this prayer with me if at the end you don't agree with it just withhold the amen the words will fall to the ground and have no impact but if you agree with this and you want this in your life, 
that you say amen when I say amen. Because amen means as it is said, so let it be done. So I'll mute myself. I'd like to follow what you're saying, but I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll have them speak these words without my distraction. Okay. Say, oh God, I come to you today, and I do want to know you, and I do want you in my life, but I don't want just having a religion so that I have something to do or somewhere to go. I don't want that. But I do want you. I do want to know you. And right now, I'm asking you to come into my heart and life and forgive me of anything and everything that has ever separated from me, separated me from you. I do believe that Jesus is your son and that he died on that cross for my sins. So I'm asking you now, come into my heart and life. I want you. And then I want you to show me what I should do and where I should go and how I should act. And I will commit myself to you today. And, and I will find a church to go to. And, and I will spend time with you. And I will read your word because I want to learn more about you. Amen. Amen. Beautiful prayer, Arthur. Well, I needed this. I hope this uh, resonated with some of you listeners out there and if someone came up in your mind or you felt like you know someone that could benefit from this message today be sure to share this with them and maybe open a dialogue just state that you'd like to get their thoughts on it so you both can grow and discuss you know if you prayed that prayer today that that shows that you're coming to god and if you come to him he said he waits for you to come to him so he can show you oh you open the door he'll come in Mm. he'll show you Mm. oh yeah he'll make himself real to you i feel like i need some prayer right now and i need some jumping jacks I got to get my blood pumping. I can feel my, I'm tripping over my own. My my gears are a little rusty. Arthur, thanks for coming by. Guys, look forward to these Wednesdays. I, I sure hope you do as much as I do. But thank you so much for tuning in. Supporting Arthur, supporting this channel. Bless you. God bless you. Till next time.